Okay, and we're back. Question of the week this week is very simple. Um, I think last week, the 22nd, the season's officially changed. So I was just curious, um, what is your favorite season? Winter, spring, summer, or fall? I think fall because I enjoy it being like nice but not hot. Right. And you can wear layers and then like if it gets hot, hot, excuse me, you always take a layer off. So I think fall has always been my favorite. Yeah. I obviously I I agree with it's hard. Fall is up there because obviously our birthdays are in the fall. But um, I think I'd go with spring, but for the same reason that you said, because the weather is not hot, it's extremely pleasant. And um, you may get like a windy day where you have a jacket off or it may get warmer and then you can take the jacket off. So yeah, I'd have to go with spring. Alrighty. Yep. One likes film, the other TV. Together, they chronicle life in the peak entertainment era. It's a streamable life. All right, th- welcome to another episode of Is a Streamable Life with Brandon and Lauren. Today is uh, September 29th. Yes. And we're going to get into the history of today. Yeah, and there wasn't really much. I looked, there was a lot of random stuff, but. Um, I knew this was a big show that had a huge following. So uh, Designing Women, the American uh, sitcom, uh, premiered on this day on uh, CBS in 1986. And that's with uh, Delta Burke. Um, I'm thinking off the top of my head. Gene Smart. Uh, 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 Annie Potts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Dixie Carter. Right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And that's still a hit show. People still talk about it, still watch it, so. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. I remember discovering that in middle school. Oh, wow. Yeah, because Lifetime would show it after Golden Girls. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. All right, we'll get into our first segment here with our headlines. Uh, wasn't as much as last week, but there's still some things going on. Um, mm-hmm. Today, Disney announced that Barry Jenkins, director of Moonlight, will be directing their live-action Lion King sequel. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't know they're going to do a sequel. Yeah. And I read a little bit on it. Apparently, it's supposed to delve deeper into the characters and there'll be more flashbacks. So, like, Mufasa's origin story, allegedly. I don't know what that means. Um, Who wants this? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I like Lion King, and there's no doubt of, like, its place in, I guess, cinematic cinematic history. But, like, let it rest, man. Like, Yeah. The only, only upside I can think of this is, like, Jenkins has a very distinct way of directing so it could be something that's true different from what we've seen because the sequel the animated sequel wasn't i can't remember the plot i don't i've seen it once. yeah it focused more on 
I think the yeah. Kids or the yeah, honest to God, I can't remember, so I don't know. Yeah, so it's just another cash grab for Disney, who also laid off around two hundred thousand Disney Park workers today. Wow. So, yeah. Next up, we have a two series from Sam Esmail, our mm-hmm. from um, creator from Mr. Robot. He sold a series, two series to ABC. Uh, one of them being called. Crap, I can't believe I forgot to write it down. Something about crime. Okay. And it's supposed to be like a different take on the crime procedural. Oh. And then the other one was a, a tit- untitled project. But these will be like his first original TV series since Mr. Robot, because Homecoming was um, an adaptation of the podcast. Yeah. Hmm. It, it'll be interesting because, you know, uh, okay, USA seemed like he was allowed to get away with so much. It'll be interesting with right to see what happens on ABC, which is a little yeah, bit more conservative. Very different, very different boat altogether. But networks are, are trying to sort of push the limits as much as they can. Yeah, it's true. And by the time you guys hear this, the first presidential debate would have happened um, at nine. Are you going to be tuning in? Oh, oh, me? No, absolutely not. I I, look. I know this election is important, and I will read about it in the morning. But I already filled out my ballot. It's sealed up. I just need to take it to the place, and that's it. I, I just want to vote, man. Yeah, I'm in this. I'm in the same boat. I'm not interested. I'll see the tweets and all the commentary, the clips the next day. That's the, the one thing about sort of like our social media age, the internet, like you can see everything the next day, basically. Right. Like, yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a DVR for stuff that happens in the world, not just television. Cause I know before, like if you wanted to see anything, you'd literally have to watch. It was that must be right. thing. But now it's like, Oh, that thing that decides the fate of our lives, I'll catch it later. Yeah, I'll just, somebody will tweet about it. Right. Yeah. My my thing is, and my, my last bit on it is that there's nothing Trump could ever say or do to convince me to vote for him. And I I don't think he, I don't know. The, the Both of them have said what they're going to say for this campaign. And at this point, if you don't know, then you that's on you. Right. Right. The news was interviewing undecided voters today. I was like, really? Right. Like, you're <laughs> undecided. You're either going to be trash or going to be less trash. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll get the repercussions for that the, later this week. Yeah. Um, looks like we both have some Binge Me Please series here. Um, you can go first. Okay. Um, mine is actually a show that is it isn't currently on it's still running but um i think i talked about before i'm obsessed with like pbs and then they have like four uh i don't know channels under their umbrella and one of them is create and they deal with like food and kind of cultural things but anyways this somewhere south is the name of the show and it's uh, a woman who's a cook her name is vivian howard and she's from north carolina and so what she does is that she goes around the south and so she'll take a topic so like one topic was 
this last episode I watched was about greens. So we hear greens, you imagine think we like I think we automatically think like collard greens. Mm-hmm. And that was a big way, a big thing. But then she went around the south and she talked to um, people in the Indian community that were in the south, people from um, the Native American community and saw how they cooked their greens, both, you know, cabbage and and collard greens and everything. And just all the different ways that people use greens and then people that were immigrants. And it's really good. And and it's, because um, I think we think about Southern cooking and because we have Southern family and Southern roots, our view is like skewed. So we automatically go to like black people cooking Southern food, but to see different cultures in the South, um, cook the same thing the same food in different ways is, is really interesting so mm-hmm. that's what i've been watching all righty yeah okay for me um i don't have it on here but i've been steadily uh watching sister sister on netflix oh okay so that's been kind of cool revisiting that series because i didn't realize how <clears throat> early in the 90s it debuted like i mostly remember like the latter seasons, which have been around like 96, yeah. 97, like that. And right. the show really started like in 92. Wow. So um, lasted for six seasons. So I, I'm like, dang, this was on for a while. And it's, right. it's funny, of course. Um, and you pick up on things you didn't pick up before. And then with the 90s, you just see sort of trends and tropes that all sitcoms kind of. They went through. Yeah, very formulaic. Um, but I started a new series on Netflix called Sneakerheads. Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I saw that trailer, I think. Yeah, about a uh, uh, husband and father who sort of, I guess, falls back on his old sneaker addiction with uh, his jobless friend and some, like, smart, savvy sneaker girl, I guess you call her. I don't know. Hmm. Um it's only eight episodes. I'm t- one and a half episodes in, and I have not laughed yet. So Ooh. I don't. That's... I don't know if it's because I don't understand the sneaker culture. Maybe. <laughs> probably not. That's probably not the problem. It's probably just not funny. <laughs> yeah, it's. I ha- It's. It's not funny. I'm just like, okay. I think it would have been better if it was from the perspective of this girl because she's younger and she seems to be like in the know i think it would just been a different type of series instead yeah, of like, yeah. the same sort of um excelling black woman uh cool guy who's now a dad who's not cool now trying to get that zest yeah. to life back and plus uh king bach andrew bachelor's in it from vine and i just oh. don't i don't enjoy him how is he still around? I don't know. He's getting more roles. That's, that's He's like, he, all his characters are like <clears throat> the characters Marlon Wayans would play, but they're just not funny. Right. <laughs> that's a good way to describe it. This, but this is a, a good thing because this is exactly what we talked about with Netflix pushing stuff out. Because I could have sworn I just saw that trailer like premiere like two weeks ago and now it's already out. Like, hmm once again, giving people no time. And really, it's probably not funny because it says it's being produced by complex networks. Ah, uh, yeah, there's the problem. Because, like, like, 
there's one scene with this Asian guy just literally, I guess it's the point, but he's like talking in like hood slang and saying hundo and no, I was just, maybe that's not for me. So (laughs) uh, I'll finish the episode I'm on, but I don't don't know if I'll stick with the whole series. It probably would have been better as just a movie, like some nice quick and done. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, what won't be done is our NOT segment as we get into uh, the TV we've been watching weekly. Uh, First up, we have the third episode of HBO's The Third Day, uh, entitled Sunday the Ghost. And I believe this was the sort of finale to the Jude Law arc. Yeah. Okay. The way I see it, I think Jude Law may be in the whole thing. I don't know. But it it is. It's, it's It's the end of the, I think we're in winter or summer. Hold on. No, I can't remember. No, I think I think we're in summer right now. Because mm-hmm. in the UK, they get a special this Saturday called Autumn. This is a one-off special, one hour. And then we don't get it here in the US. I'm like, what? So yeah. I don't know if that hmm. I don't know if that furthers the story or not, but yeah, we don't get that. And my thing was on Twitter last week, I saw them tweet that the episode was available early, and then Saturday I looked and it wasn't there. So yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, but that's the general consensus with this show. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, this episode um, is sort of like the big reveal of mm-hmm. Sam's purpose, like purpose of being there, right. and sort of. Mm-hmm the backstory to um, his son's alleged death and this this town of O'Shea. Right. Um, the last we saw, he was being kidnapped by Larry. And that's sort of where we open up. They're dragging him to um, a secluded place in the woods. And he's, I guess he's planning to kill him. Yeah. And he's, uh, Sam escapes. And then for the longest time, he's trying to get back to the mainland. I don't know yeah, why he, that scene in the sea was so long. Yeah, he, he went through so many things. The boat, yeah, the, the, the uh, what were they calling it? The, the little street that took him got flooded out by the water. Yeah, just... the, I forget. But um, eventually, Jessica... Um, sort of rescues him mm-hmm. he's convinced that they've got to get off the island but um she discovers the money that he that was allegedly stolen from him and she pieces together that he took the money yeah and whatever story he came up with is part of his psychosis that he has right so um anyway they they're trying to get to the mainland they finally get on the boat and he forces uh the one guy off the boat. I'm probably skipping something. I can't remember. I think, hold on a second. No, you're pretty much in the big parts. Okay. Cause, I, well, there's a, yeah. The part with um the woman I skipped, didn't I? Wait. Because before he gets back to the land, he runs into 
uh, Emily Watson's yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she sort of divulges the real reason why he's there. Um, yeah. Make sure I get this right. He's actually like the lost long son of the, the yeah, man he's like, who, who sort of hold power out on the land. Yeah, he's like the rightful heir. Like somebody, I think what they said was like his his grandfather was done and then the people of the island didn't want to be, didn't want his father to do it, if I'm not mistaken. And so yeah. the, the his son, we find out was kidnapped and they set that up. Mm-hmm. And they and weren't, then, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that reveal was, was pretty interesting. Yeah. Because all this time he's thinking his son is dead and they just sort of. Right, like, nah, he's just out back. Held him, yeah. So then um, he gets to the boat with Jessica. They force that guy out. And then Jessica ultimately turns on him. Mm-hmm. And she explains how these people know her know her husband and they're keeping watching her to make sure um, that she doesn't get her girls or whatever. So right. he, he basically submits to their plan. And the ultimate goal is for him to take over with his son so they murder the reigning son yeah um, which i guess was the plan all along yeah um, so but why was larry wanting to kill him no wait hold on is larry the larry like, was the like, range yeah the one he knocks out in the that wherever he was held captive. yeah my only guess with that was just Maybe he thought he, if he killed him, like the seat would go to somebody else. I don't know. I just felt like maybe he thought it somebody else who actually wanted to be there deserved the seat. Oh, okay. That's that's what I felt. Okay, yeah. So um, they reveal that his son is there, and that's sort of where where it ends. Yeah, and then. Uh, we learn that the girl Aponia kills herself oh, yeah. Yeah, as like a self-sacrifice. Sacrifice because that's what she was actually doing when Sam walked on right. her in the first right. episode was giving herself up because apparently the town had been in disarray right. um, since they didn't have a a proper heir to the throne and because of their sins right. um, because of kidnapping the son uh, they were having to sacrifice someone to, to, to right. sort of sort of like a sacrificial lamb right now it not, not pretty much covers it so then he takes over and then we see this weird like locust cricket yeah. thing happening which i hope to explain but what i will say is that one jude law was acting his ass off because mm-hmm. like, he, he went through a range of emotions in this one hour and he was, he did really well I too, I think this would have been better almost as like a movie. Yeah, because there wasn't enough happening in each episode for week to week. Yeah. There's yeah. only three episodes. Like it would have felt better just to see everything. Just right then and there. Yeah. So yeah, it could have been like a movie anthology of this one. Right one place and three i think 
the twists and turns may have been able may have been easier to take in like uh mm-hmm. like in 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 book form because this this there's too much happening and I'm not saying that this is bad it's it's good it's really kind of pulls you in but it's just like I think reading it is when you can slow it down would probably help yeah and yeah. and there seemed to be a real em- emphasis on like hallucinations and yeah but i'm not sure how it ties into the rest of the right the story because the thing with the uh what was the guy's name i guess he was like the preacher or yeah yeah priest trying to save him and like yeah i i don't think i realized how um pertinent i guess the religious aspect was to the main story yeah and it works because it's a, it's supposed to be like a lore type thing, like a folklore story, and you can see that, and mm-hmm. like it's there. It's just it was very difficult to follow. So maybe the next portion, the winter portion, will be right. easier to understand. So and this stars um, Naomi Harris mm-hmm. um, as a mother. Her two daughters are on a, I guess, vacation or a getaway. Just the three of them, mm-hmm. and something goes afoot uh, right. clearly as um, you see in the trailer um, a girl says you know there needs to be essentially another sacrifice of some sort some type of something right. that's going on so but uh, yeah the so I guess we'll my guess is that the special doesn't uh, give away much but it's a really uk thing because i watch um doctor who and every year around christmas time they do a christmas special like a two-hour special mm-hmm. in the break so it's a, it's a very uk thing to do to do these specials so but yeah then it just comes back to fifth so not much of yeah. a break yeah all right um that was the third day now we'll get into episode six no episode seven I said that wrong. Yeah. Episode seven of HBO's other show, Lovecraft Country. Um, this was entitled I Am. And the uh, focus is centered on, uh, I'll, I always mess her name up. Hippolyta. Hippolyta, yes. <laughs> Played by Anjanu Ellis. Mm-hmm. Um, as we knew, no, she is George's widow. And since um, his death in episode two, she's just felt that something is off, that the rest of the family isn't telling her the full story behind his murder. So um, finally, on their escapade to Boston, she devises a plan to to go back and sort of gather some clues. Um, And she's headed to Devon Devon County. Yeah. Um, um, and this episode is really a, a big sort of like self-discovery for the Hippolyta yeah. character because for the longest she, she wasn't allowed to go on the guide um, trips with George and it sort of stifled her her, li- her livelihood really because um, yeah. in many cases marriage only benefits the man um, yeah, he gains property. 
he gets heirs, if he has sons, and the woman, all those inspirations and dreams she may have had before are sort of replaced by the duty of motherhood and wife. Right, right. So what did you think of this episode? <clears throat> uh, I thought it was really good. Um, I think uh, I, I like how we're getting these episodes just kind of focused on this one single character to kind of, and I'm guessing it's all going to build up to something in the end or something, you know, bigger, but um, not having read the book, I, I, I go into each episode not knowing what to expect. So when she started time traveling to all these different time periods, when she was with like the, the warriors and, and uh, I'm guessing the tribe type thing. And then she was uh, back with, uh, she was it Josephine? Baker. Baker. Yeah. Back in Paris. Yeah. It was kind of cool. It was, it was interesting. And like you said, she did get to, when, with all the times we've seen Hippolyta, she's not really been um, excited or jubilant, but then when yeah. we saw her, we, you know, we saw more sides of her in this, in this episode. So that was really good. Yeah. Um, I loved how we saw her, her, her express, because she's still grieving, of course, but even before then, you know, she, she seemed to be hesitant in her attitude and wasn't as forthright. And here we see her enjoying life, eating life, being able to express herself and to display how highly intellectual she really is. Right, exactly. Um, and it's that, that quote she had with Josephine Baker talking about how, you know, um, basically how America lynched her without a rope. Right. Yeah. Just silenced her. She, she wasn't able to be herself outside in the world and then come home and still be sort of a prisoner. Right. Yeah. No, that was a really good line. And the woman they got to play her really looked like Josephine Baker. <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. The, the casting wow. has been marvelous. Yeah. And the woman who played, um, I guess, like the leader, the warrior that was training Hippolyta, yeah. Sufe Bradshaw. Yeah. She was great. And she should play Storm in MCU. Like, I don't know if anyone's thought about that before, but I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, Apart from Hippolyta's arc um, through time, um, we have a development with um, both uh, Atticus and Montrose and uh, Letitia and Ruby. Um, First with Montrose and Atticus, by happenstance, Atticus discovers that Montrose is gay, and it it uh, the reaction is is anger, is yeah, is strife because all these years, most of his life, um, his father has abused him to quote unquote make him harder, not make him soft. Right. And in fact, his father's been living this lie um, the whole time. So, Atticus definitely felt betrayed, but that that was a exquisite scene in the hallway. Just the range of emotions from yeah from each yeah. character was was pretty uh, pivotal. And the, yeah, the, you're right. They showed up just at the right time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah, because at at the time Montrose had let 
Sammy spend the night for the first time. So that was right. like an advancement in their relationship. But as soon as they t- took a step forward, you yeah. know, Montrose takes three steps back and his shield yeah. is that violence whenever he's uncomfortable. Right. He, he was yeah, like we- that. When he started complaining about that food, I was like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> come on, man. And then he wants to say there's too much sugar in the grits as like a shade or right, this. Yeah. Sir. Right. <laughs> you you're eating the you're eating the sugar. Right, exactly. It is. It right. Is. So I don't know what your problem is. But anywho, yeah. So we definitely see um an unraveling of already tense relationship. On the yeah. other end, you have Letitia and Ruby who sort of come to amends um, as they're looking after Dee um, and her friends with Hippolyta out of town. Mm-hmm. And Letitia, you know, apologizes for basically hustling Ruby um, for out of the inheritance from their mother, quote unquote. And, you know, Ruby accepts the apology, but they're both sort of hiding something um right ruby doesn't uh divulge where she's living now because she's living with christina yeah and letitia does not divulge uh her the truth about her dreams to ruby or atticus right right so i got two things and maybe you can sort them out when Okay, so one, it's first the easy thing. Letty seems to be pregnant, is what I'm getting from. Right. That's why that. Yeah. And then, okay, when Ruby was talking to Christine, did she say something? I think, I feel like she asked her if, like, and maybe I misheard it. It seemed like she asked her if everything she said was true, like the feeling she had for William or something, or was that all fake? Did you, is that what you heard? Like, that's what I think she said. I don't know if she was talking about William or if she right. meant, or if she meant that story about William was true. Yeah, yeah. She says he died and you know she loved him and stuff like that. So she was just making sure that what she told him about William's backstory was true. Right. Okay. Cause yeah. when I heard that, I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to follow another story here. So, okay. Yeah, that cleared that up then. Yeah. Um, because um, she has the body because that's how she does the transformations. So the blood right, right. in the potion, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then by the end of the episode, Hippolyte is given the choice to either stay in the realm of, I'm not sure what you call it. Yeah, just like the dream... Yeah, this alternate yeah. universe of worlds, um, or go back home, and you know she she has a thought, but she chooses to go back home. Yeah, but she doesn't get there, right? Right. Oh, because the portal closed or something. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Because um, as as we come back to the present at the observatory where uh, she finds the device to the other worlds, um, Atticus followed her because they know she's in danger. Um, yeah. And he's there, but she's not. So I don't know what quite happened there. Um, and as he leaves, um, we see that she's left behind the comic. Right. 
that Diana made for her. So that plays with her at the scene of the crime, which can't be good. No. No, it's not. And then I didn't see the trailer for next week. I just didn't. Oh. didn't. Yeah, so. Well, you, you want me to say something? You just watch it later. No, you can just go ahead. That's what I was just... Oh, okay, okay. Well, next week, um, like the book, uh, each chapter or vignette focuses on another character. Mm-hmm. So next week, um, we'll get more developments in the other uh, stories, but the main story will be on Diana. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, because since her comic was left behind, uh, Captain Lancaster and the police will pay a little visit to Diana and... Her story is chilling because one, children, and two, it's just, it's chilling. It's one of my favorites in the book, but it's just the fact that it's happening to kids. It gets a little icky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but it's good nonetheless. Okay. Um, And some of the stuff in the show that they're doing that's, veering from the book, I could see how they could continue for a second season or multiple seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Letitia being pregnant, that opens a whole door to yeah. you know, other generation or what. Right. Just a lot of things. So we only have three more episodes left. So I guess there's eleven episodes. Uh or ten. Ten. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, it's gone quickly. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That concludes our nap segment. Um, I oh, well, I did want to mention. Did you happen to see any of the Fargo? Uh, I recorded the two episodes that came on, but I have I haven't watched them yet. But I plan on it. Okay, I watched episode one. Uh, this is my first time watching any of the Fargo series. Oh, okay, okay. But I mean, they're not connected or anything, but I did watch no. the first episode. It's interesting. Um, it has that weird humor in there that sort of throws yeah. you at it. But it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I plan on watching it. So I'll check it out. All righty. All right. We'll get right into trailer things here for our next segment. Um, there's a lot of things coming. Yeah. Um, as we are entering the new month next week. Uh, first up, this Friday, Netflix drops the movie Vampires vs. the Bronx. Yeah, um, I saw that. And this trailer looked looked pretty decent, like uh, the uh, Lost Boys meets, uh, I don't know, something black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I love how they um, use uh, the threat of gentrification as sort of like a doorway for the vampires to sort of come in come in in the space yeah so uh the movie's basically about uh three friends in the bronx who discover that vampires are kidnapping a bunch of people like people are just going missing left and right and they have to basically save the bronx from from these these creatures um who just happen to be white so it lines up with the threat of gentrification and just protecting their turf. It looks pretty good. Like a, yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Attack the Block. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Attack the Block definitely used juxtaposed the 
issue of race. Yeah, and you know, with their you know, their council estate and how they were treated. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. so I can see some similarities. Yeah. And then today we got the first trailer of Bloomhouse's The Craft Legacy, which is um somewhat of a sequel to the nineteen ninety six original film. Yeah. Um here a new set of girls form a coven and um one of them will sort of lose control, I guess. I man, I don't know. I I'm not gonna like bash it, but it can't just follow the last movie, can it? In the sense of doing the same stuff. I mean, yeah, that's that's the only thing. Like we know what happened, right? The first one, so. I, I can't see it being any good, but at the same time, I want to guess that the movie's not for me. So, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, it's for this generation. Um, yeah, I'm only gonna check it out for Lovey Smith. I mean, Lovey Simone. Woo! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong person for Lovey Simone because yeah. I really enjoy her as an actress. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than. It looks more. I didn't see the um, any nod to like the Mean Girl thing that was from the first right first film. Um, it looks more, I guess you'd say, attack male privilege, toxic masculinity type. Yeah, kind of like Sabrina that was on Netflix. Yeah, which I did not watch. Um, no, it's. I couldn't get into that. I don't know. No, it was it was boring. Yeah. So but, we'll see. That drops October twenty eighth. Right. Um, for pay video on demand or whatever you call it. So. Okay. All right. Uh, mine are. I'll be quick here. One. Uh, I got the the haunting of Bly Banner, and um, this is just a continuation of. Uh, oh God. <laughs> the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Not the same story. Uh, some of the same characters. And the premise is somewhat the same because it focuses on haunted shit happening inside of a house. And so it looks good. And I think I'll probably check it out. I can't remember. I think it's October 9th is that this comes out, if I'm not mistaken. So next week. Um, another one I saw is this movie Lupin. And this was interesting because... This is about um, the the trailer calls him a, like a gentleman thief, and uh, hmm. he's just kind of a, a normal person it seems who turns into a, a thief when he needs to, and he he robs the rich. But it's French is the thing, and the the guy's name is Omar Sy. He's been in a couple of things um, on this side of the Atlantic and that side and um, it looked interesting so I'll check that out but then on here I have the undoing with the cat with a little asterisk on it because I know we've probably both seen the trailer now this is a show with Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman mm-hmm. but each time I see the trailer I get less and less <laughs> sure of what the hell is happening like all I've gathered is that Nicole Kidman does something but I'm seeing people get slapped i'm seeing fires i'm i'm seeing arguments and fights and helicopters i'm like what is 
have you have you gathered what's happening? Because the very first trailer, it seemed like a um, sort of like a waspy thriller, like there's some yeah. kind of corporate thing going on. Yeah, that's exactly what I I, I got strong little white live lies vibes from it like, yeah like, okay which i mean it's by the same guy so of course right. but then the newer trailer like it's like some boarding or private school and then yeah like the helicopter and i'm there's yeah. like an affair i guess or a murder <laughs> yeah so we're both confused because i was like hold on a second man the the, the trailer they put out months ago made me think that this was going to be a slow burn, but apparently not. Yeah, there's a lot, lot more going on. Yeah, and uh, I don't know how many episodes it is, but I know it comes on the 25th, so I, I will definitely be tuned into that because I, I have to see what happens. <laughs> I am invested. All right. Well, now I'll get ready for no concessions where uh, we discuss any films we saw. Um, I watched a film produced by Ray um, called Residue. Okay. This was written and directed by, I'm going to mess up the name, I think it's Murai Jarema. He's the he's son of a famous filmmaker. Okay. But, um, it's a really good film about a screenwriter who comes back to his native DC to do a uh, film, like a documentary on his old neighborhood. Oh, and wow. what he realizes is that once again, gentrification has turned his ugly head and sort of um, erase the culture that has been there. Um, and it also examines how um, Racism in general erases black people from space spaces. Um, it, it was done really well, and I feel like they used either DC locals or local actors in yeah. some roles because it feels very documentary like, like the conversations and stuff like that. Right. Um, and um, oh, excuse me, the cinematography is really good. There's really um, some good creative uh, directive takes that they do, um, like the way they um, display flashbacks. And one scene in particular um, was really done really well. I I was impressed. I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. I I really liked it a lot. Um, so it's on Netflix now if you want to uh, check it out, but it's called Residue. Okay. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. I think I saw it, so... Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it, like, being pubbed everywhere and right. thinking, oh, this must be at the festivals, and then the next thing I knew, I saw it on the Netflix queue. I was like, oh, yes, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Alright, um... I watched a movie called Wildlife now. I think a couple of weeks ago, I put this movie in our streaming for the weekend. And this is a film that um, Paul Dano, his first feature film that he um, directed, 
and it came out in 2018 during Sundance, and uh, it stars um, oh god, Carrie Mulligan, and uh, oh god, why are names just falling from my head? Uh, Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal. Whew. Okay, so they're a married couple, and like I think it's I want to say it's like 1960s America. They live out in Montana. And um, it just kind of shows like the strife at home, but it's, it's really kind of interesting because it, it kind of deals with what you said about the whole man and woman and marriage. So um, Jake Gyllenhaal's character has a job and his wife kind of stays at home and cooks and does that thing. And then he loses his job, which she's like, okay, well, something needs to change. So she goes and finds a job and she turns into like a swimming instructor or some type of teacher. And she falls for a, um, a uh, one of her students, an older guy who sells cars and her son finds out. And then she's just like, well, what other option do we have, you know, financially? And to, to, to kind of make this, make it seem like it's not what it is, but she genuinely cares about this person. But then, so the fair goes on, Jake Gyllenhaal's character takes a job fighting forest fires. And it just, it's kind of weird. Things fall apart because they, they go further and further apart. Carrie Mulligan's character eventually just, she leaves and she's like, well, she goes and lives her own life. And then their son, who's a teenager, lives with Jake Gyllenhaal and they just kind of go about life that time. It's, it's, really, it's really worth watching. It's easier it's easy to understand if you watch it then um like then i can explain in the time we have but um it's impressive but because paul dano i mean we always know him like the nerdy dude in movies and stuff like that so yeah he 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 has a future in director okay yeah interesting yeah i'm just some reason i'm just not discovering you can like search specifically under movies and tv shows Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know yeah, why. <laughs> I just discovered that now. So I'll definitely get, get to dive into like different things on there. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a lot to find. Yeah. All right. All right. That brings us to our final segment, our feature presentation, where we'll have our quarter three review. Uh, we'll basically uh, discuss and name the best and sometimes worst content we consumed the last three months. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess we can start with the worst, if you had any, and just kind of move up. Honestly, the, I have one bad thing that I watched, and I'm sure more will come to me as we go, but the one that sticks out is the Ratch thing on Netflix. I just, I eventually, I watched three episodes, and it's like, this is stupid. I'd had to stop. Like, the, like I said before, it looks good. It's nice uh the costumes everybody loves sarah paulson but this the story is just dull and kind of unnecessary so yeah, no all right so yeah that's um, the only thing on my list okay uh worse for me um i'll say the worst m- movie and show okay uh fatal affair on netflix mm. Uh, with um, Neil Long and, excuse me, Omar Epps. Oh, yeah, I remember you talked about that. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Great right. to laugh at, but other than that, just not good. Right. Um, and then I'll mention to Waves. I did not like Waves at all. I th- oh, yeah. 
it just didn't I think I think I was expecting something different, and then what happened? It, I was just sort of like turned off from mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. That's how they get you with trailers, because the trailer made it seem like it's going to be incredible. Yeah, and then show wise, uh, this season of the shy was not very strong, um, yeah. and that series is going to suffer anyways because they lost the main character in uh, right. Jason Mitchell. So then other characters had to disappear and storylines were cut. So they did their best to sort of manage to um, save season three, but it just wasn't as strong. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's get into our best. Okay. Um, So I I just did a couple for each month. So uh, with July, um, this was it was a it was a, it was a, this show was nothing like we haven't seen or heard before, but it was like I don't know it was kind of fun, uh, but the um, down to earth with Zac Efron, like it was <laughs> I don't know something about him he's, he he seems like he's a genuine person so I think that's why I enjoyed watching it he he honest to God didn't say anything I didn't already know I was like okay Zach, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he's just, I don't know, he's got a calm personality, so I like that for that. And uh, How did you want to do this? you want to switch back and forth, or do you me just read these off? Um, Either way, I can give one, and then we'll just go back to you. Yeah, yeah, let's do that, because I only have three, so. Okay. Um, Let's see. Uh, My first one is Black Monday. I thought this mm. season was really good, Um, and they had to break it up because of COVID, so there was like Black Monday, uh, season three A, and then season three B came later in the summer because it was, should have wrapped up somewhere sometime around May or whatever. Um, but it was really good. Did I say season three? I think so. The season two, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don Cheadle, Regina Hall, Andrew Runnels. Uh, Casey Wilson, Paul Shear, like the cast is amazing. Okay. Um, and I can't wait for season three. All right. Um, after that, in July, uh, Amazon dropped the second season of Hannah. And I, I know I talked about this earlier in the year, but it was really good. It was, um, I don't know, I may be like a Hannah fanatic because the movie was Shearsa Ronan, which that first came out, that was good. And then the season one of this was good. And uh, this season was good. It just kind of continued her story. And um, the, the last season, you got more of her growing up as a teenage girl while also being this superior human that could beat anybody up that she comes across. And this time it was more about like, okay, she's focused on taking down this organization and finding out more about who she is. And so um, it, it was really good. And uh, I would check that out if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, I need to use that Prime membership a little bit more. Right, right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see. I've got um, I May Destroy You. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing piece of television from Michaela Cole. Um, if it doesn't win at the Emmy, something's wrong because... It was timely. It was um, subversive. 
it was nuanced. Each episode left you wanting more, but afraid of what was coming. And it left left you really thinking um, just how you sort of operate in the world when it comes to sex and relationships and majorly consent and and just just learning to check yourself in that thing because that's that conversation still evolving i think she did an excellent job and she she like i not i'm not shitting on phoebe waller bridge because she's a good writer as well but you know michaela cole like when people always talk about writing humor in dark situations she is she is up there at the top at doing that because um chewing gum was funny but there were some parts that were just kind of like like oh that's a yeah yeah that's a little dark but you you were sitting there laughing at it (laughs) yeah she she knows how to excuse me how to stride straddle that that line um without losing either either aspect the drama or the humor because i heard her say in a interview you know um life is drama with like bits of humor in it so right yeah you don't yeah, exactly. have, to have a strict comedy or strict drama it's just right. life right okay um and then the last one i have for shows that started in july has to without a doubt goes to perry mason um i knew absolutely nothing about uh, the original series that aired mm-hmm. and um this one was really good. This is, uh, I'm sure you'll talk about it, but um, Matthew Rice, I, is that how you say his last name? Yeah, I think so. he's he's always good. Um, just the story, the pacing, um, met some new actors in it. So it was, I really enjoyed it. And it uh, seems like there's going to be a season two. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's already been renewed. Yeah, because I, I, I need more of it. So yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, um, my next one uh, is I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. Damn, I forgot about that. Just incredible piece of documentary um, work. Um, such a amazing tribute to Michelle McNamara and um, basically the passion that unfortunately cost her her life in a way. Um, just the way she was, she was vulnerable enough to share not only um, her experiences with assault, but um, also, you know, mental illness, um, just things that people in general are, are told not to talk about, not to, right. to speak about, especially women. Right. And then her doing all this to champion for women and justice in such a heinous uh heinous act of crime right. throughout those years. Um, just a wonderful piece of piece of TV, definitely. It's kind of bittersweet because she didn't get to see everything happen in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I just imagine how the show would have gone different with her, like, yes. being able to narrate and stuff like that. It wouldn't have not saying it had that dark, it's already dark, but it wouldn't have had that sort of um, unfortunate dread at the end. Right, right. It, it definitely would have been interesting to have her 
current thoughts because I feel the I mean the thoughts that she gave in the interview pieces that we saw weren't too old, but yeah, it would have mm-hmm. been interesting just to hear her her voice right now. Yeah. All righty. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, any more? We're going to August. Yes. Go okay. going to August. Um there oh, did you want to go or oh I lost my list. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'll s- yeah, I'll start. Um I just I don't know. This list isn't big either, but the other one I have the first one I have is uh the vow on HBO. This documentary has been absolutely bananas. This is about the sex cult Nexium um, mm-hmm. that we learned had a couple of celebrities involved in it. Just each episode you think, well, there's not much more they can tell me. We know a lot. And then it's just like, bop, they hit you over the head <laughs> with some, some random shit, man. It's, it's nuts, man. It's, it's insane. I've and, yet um, to start that, but I really need to. Oh man, when you start it, Lauren, you you're gonna be like you're you're gonna you're gonna have a couple like what? But it's interesting because um it shows you how vulnerable people are when they have low self esteem, when they have insecurities, when they're just not when they're looking for something to lift them up, they will go anywhere. Because this this they didn't they didn't say oh this is a cult come join us they were like this is a self help organization we're going to show you how to maximize your potential and then while that happened then the cult aspect of it came out and it, yeah it's there are, this is a big ass onion because there are layers and layers and layers it's 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 wild mm-hmm. it looks crazy and I didn't realize the guy like um not narrating, but with all the footage was like in the cult as it was. Yeah, he was, he was, he was like a founder. And then he was like, oh, I'm calling bullshit on this. So, and yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, check that out. And you'll, you'll be like, what? All right. Um, Let's see. Oh, crap. I think I kind of. Um, I've got uh, a movie here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, HBO Max is on the record. Um, mm. This was the documentary about Russell Simmons' um, right. sexual assault and rape accusations. Um, by now, we we have sort of grown used to these revelations. Um, since the the uprise of Time's Up and the implementation of Me Too, um, it's it's terribly frightening how normal it is and how methodical these predators are and how they act incredibly similar. Um, yeah. And just like they say, you know, birds of a feather flock together, the associates they carry have been accused right. of similar things. So um, it, it's a really good documentary and it, it really spoke to the issue that black women face in these situations because they're less likely to be believed, less likely to be heard yeah. um, 
by not only by you know the white community but then the black community black right. men turn it back on them black women deny them space and they wind up just you know on the fringes of society and it's really sad right. and drew dixon herself was an accomplished a and r like her hand in some of the biggest music albums of our time and and because of um this predator she she abandoned the entire industry when when she was really at the top so yeah it's a really sad thing and i still don't think hip-hop has reckoned with the way they treat women and the misogyny oh. in in the industry at all like <clears throat> russell is just the tip of the iceberg and right we've really got to get to the root of of the issue i mean we don't have to sit here and uh dwell on it but we can just last week the whole thing with a little bit tory lanes and uh yeah. meg the stallion that, that that whole situation's been crazy like like i said we won't he he shot somebody how can you defend shooting somebody nigga like <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. The, the the amount of folks that come to his defense just because he says he claims he didn't do it when everything else says other He shot her. Yeah. Like, she has shrapnel and stuff in her feet. It's like, come on, man. So, yeah, it's yeah. my, I really uh, uh, recommend. And if anyone wants to see it, HBO Max's YouTube channel has it on their channel for free. Like it, mm. it's still there the entire documentary. So, all right. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, August gave us Lovecraft Country, which we talk about every week. So I won't dwell on that, but that's on my list. But then I watched, um, and this one kind of went on the radar. And it was, once again, it was a story I knew nothing about, but it was uh, Yusuf Hawkins, The Storm Over Brooklyn. It was a, a documentary movie on uh, HBO. Mm-hmm. And this is a story about a young man who he and his friends had gone to um, a predominantly white side of, of Brooklyn of, or of some New York. He went to like a Italian American community. And one of the guys was like, well, he's out here. He had sex with one of the, one of the neighborhood girls, one of the girls that like lives over this way. And so 30 like white guys came out and they were beating on him. There was a fight. And at some point he got shot twice in the chest. And um, this started like a huge uprising. uprising. And this was like, this is in the late nineties. I think it was 1989, but what it did is like, it just showed, I think New York, New York is a great city. We know that it's diverse, blah, blah, blah. But even these big liberal, huge metropolitan areas, they are usually the most racist areas. And that yeah. really, really, really showed them this. And, you know, you see that in this because they want to march us through these neighborhoods to try to get justice. And the white people are standing on their porches with guns and yelling and having signs and all this. And um, they had a fight, you know, so hard to get some sort of justice for what happened to them. And uh, it was really sad because I'm not mistaken. He was only like, he's only 15 or 16. He was, and like I said, they went to go talk to a guy about a used car. They come out of the place and there's like 30 white dudes with bats and stuff. Um, 
waiting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was sad, but it's, it's just crazy how many stories like that exist and how many we haven't and will never hear. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, I have uh, Transformers War for Cybertron Siege. Okay. Uh, this is a the first part in a trilogy of uh, Transformers anime on Netflix. Okay. <clears throat> and it really examines the story before, I guess, Transformers come to Earth or whatever, the fight for Cybertron and how all that, like Civil yeah. War insurrection started. And it, it's really good. It's also really dark because I've never seen... The way they depict it, um, it's almost as if there are different races of yeah. Transformers, which I don't ever, I didn't ever consider it that way. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you had to pick a faction. So, like, there was a leader in Optimus. Um, I don't know, Alpha or something like that, yeah. and basically Megatron kills him to take over so and uh, according to the lore i think like megatron and decepticons were like a lower class in autobots so then he murders the the leader and then he wants to take over and like it's literally a war um very reminiscent of like how um they were trying to eradicate you know try to eradicate the jews or it has that sort of connotation in this animated series and it was like whoa a lot (laughs) yeah a lot going on and transformers were dying left and right and like you see them like bodies on stakes like robots but it's it's very very um real so uh i think it was only like six episodes or eight episodes or something like that but the second part comes out i think later this year maybe next year it was really good All right. Um, yeah, no, the two that I said, that's really all I had for August. So if you have any more. Um, I think that was it for August, if I'm not okay. mistaken. Right, September. So then that leaves us September. Um, don't have as many for this month, but I do have uh, Netflix Project Power mm. with uh, Jamie Foxx and Dominic Fish. Uh, crap. Fish. Fishburn. Fishburn. I knew. So I was going to say that, but then I thought I was wrong. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that movie. Um, it it was like a comic movie with like a Afrofuturism twist. Um, and I thought the story was really really done really well. Okay. Yeah. Oh, her <laughs> name. Her last name is Fishback. Oh, okay. Fishback. Yeah, I had to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so I'll just name the movies I think last week I talked about The Invisible Man that's with Elizabeth Moss and Aldous Hodge so that was really good Um, I'm thinking of Indie Things Um, I think I talked about that the week before and that was with Jesse Plemons and I can never Jesse Jesse Plemons and the woman's name is also Jesse but I think it's Jesse Buckley and that was right yeah, another good movie. Um, 
and then as for shows, we've been watching the same thing. So the third day, but then um, I, I, I don't know if you've been watching it. We've not talked about it, but uh, another show has started on HBO. Uh, we are who we are. I haven't and, started yet, but I've seen the, the trailers. Right. Right. And so it's by the guy who did um, call me by your name. And so if that wasn't your cup of tea because of the story or whatever. This one's pretty interesting because it's about American teenagers on a Italian air force base. So you've got this whole teenage story trying to discover yourself, but it's in this other part of the world. And um, it's, it's really good. It's shot beautifully. It's kind of, um, I don't know. It, I'm not sure when the teenagers i the teenagers are supposed to be teenagers in 2016 so it's not like in the 80s like his other work but mm-hmm. um it, it's interesting because we're so far removed from being teenagers that I, i'm kind of curious as to how do i say it? when when some things about being a teenager stay the same but it's really the world the, like the world around you like you know you always have love and who you are and friendship and who you want to be and all that but it's you know what does your world look like at that time so that's kind of interesting but um it has uh chloe 70 is in it uh kick cuddy is oh, in a couple cool. episodes yeah he goes by scott muskety that's his real name but yeah he's he's in it um so yeah it checks out uh, there's <laughs> little black girl um and then uh it's <laughs> a uh, string bean looking kind of white boy it, it's pretty good though okay yeah all right and then my last one honorable mention here is p valley ah yes <laughs> this is the little show that could that sort of like shook the table i guess you'd say this season um yeah. I think it was just like a pocket of black joy for a lot of viewers because there's just a lot going on Mm -hmm. in the world and it was just so different and so true and just it it was fresh and I, I really enjoy shows that give us new actors. Yeah, yeah. Like there were just fresh faces and fresh talent all over this show. And I can't wait till the next season. Cause I think that they had one of the best finales this year of a series. Okay. Cause you didn't know which way it was going to go, but um, P Valley was really good. Whenever I saw something about it and like, I didn't watch the show, but like the first thing I saw mentioned was usually the music. Yes. Like this puts um, uh, Empire's music to shame. It's okay. really good. All right, then. All right. Okay. So I think that wraps up our future presentation. Yep. Uh, what will you be streaming for the weekend? Um, okay, so there's a documentary on there, uh, on, on there, on Netflix, <laughs> and uh, it's called Disclosure, and it talks about kind of um, the representation of transgender women and men throughout film television history and kind of how they've been portrayed mainly poorly and how it's slowly changing so uh, we're going to check that out (laughs) and then since october starts on thursday um 
I got to jump into the Halloween stuff. So I'll be watching Halloween movies for the next 31 days when when uh, October starts. So. All righty. Um, for me, I mentioned uh, Vampires versus the Bronx drops Friday. And then by the time everyone's heard this, uh, Michelle Butu, am I saying her last name right? The comedian? Uh, I'm not sure. Shoot. She's in everything. But she has a comedy special oh, on okay. Netflix that drops uh, today. Michelle Buteau, welcome to Butopia. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I want to check that out. Um, as well as Star Trek Discovery Season 2, because Season 3 starts October 15th. And hmm. I want to sort of get through that so I can at least be caught up. Um, and then again, it's Halloween and I think I'll have like a little challenge for us. I saw this on another podcast, podcast's page that I follow on Facebook and they okay. uh, signed a Halloween movie for a, every day of October. Now we don't have to try to watch every movie they suggested, but I think yeah. it'd be cool if we can at least <clears throat> watch however many there are that week. And then maybe whichever ones we watch, we get discussing no concessions for the month of October, just as like a, a yeah. special type thing. All right. Yeah, no, that'll work. So yeah, just send me that and then we'll. Uh... Alrighty. We'll do. do. Uh, okay. Uh, next week, we'll be entering a whole new month with a new episode with our quarter four pre quarter four preview as fall TV schedules are announced. So make sure you're right here next Wednesday on all major platforms. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast and our website, streamablelife.wordpress.com. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace. This has been It's a Streamable Life a podcast chronicling life in a peak entertainment era. Listen, share, rate, and subscribe weekly on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you get streamable live.